Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast uh, for this week. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me is Jordan Blackwell to discuss the uh, latest developments at the King Power Stadium. And Jordan, we start with a signing. It's not a playing signing, but it's the new assistant manager, Mark Upton. What what have you made of the appointment? Um, Well, I think it's a a very positive appointment. Um, I think Michael Appleton is one of those people that's always been fairly highly regarded, particularly as a coach. Uh, he's done a, a brilliant job at Oxford. You know, got them promoted, got them to two Wembley finals. They've finished just outside the playoffs in League One this uh, this season, um, and I think it's a, a a real show of faith in his ability uh, by Leicester that they would be willing to pay the compensation. You know, to bring him from Oxford to City. And I think he's clearly someone Shakespeare trusts as well, having worked with him at, at West Brom. Absolutely, they go way back together, uh, working in the academy at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, a little back. Background on uh, Appleton, he uh, picked up a knee injury when he was 27 playing for Albion and uh, he eventually uh, had to have surgery, which didn't work. It was bodged and uh, he, he successfully sued the surgeon that uh, that carried out that surgery because soon afterwards he had to retire, but then launched his coaching career and he's risen through the ranks at Albion because he was so highly regarded by Dan Ashworth, who's now obviously the, uh, the head of... Uh, of the FA, the England FA uh, side of coaching, and uh, he was fast tracked through, um, and he became assistant manager to Roy Hodgson uh, before embarking on his own managerial career. But he took some really tough early jobs. I think uh, for a young English coach, those were probably the only jobs that were available to him to go to Portsmouth, and Blackpool, two clubs that were in absolute turmoil at the time, and then uh, move on to. Blackburn Rovers, which weren't much better, but was obviously at a higher level at the time. But uh, uh, then he went to Oxford and he, he really made a name for himself, as you just said there, Jordan. And uh, But he, I think it's his coaching ability that he's been highly regarded for. He's, uh, I've actually come across him a few times and uh, he is a, a, a decent guy. I can understand why he gets on so well with Shakespeare. They seem very similar in, in how they are. They're um, real football people, uh, lives and breathe it. Um, as a player, he was a tough tackling, no nonsense uh, midfield player, and uh, you know he was one of the first ones to really have that muscular physique about him. Because uh, in those days, with the sports science probably wasn't as advanced as it is now. Uh, he was very uncompromising as a player, but uh, you know he's an intelligent guy. I think he's going to work really well with Shakespeare, and uh, he will, I think he's somebody that Shakespeare will trust. To he can leave him alone on the training ground. Well, Shakespeare gets on with the managerial side because it must have been difficult last season to juggle two jobs. Because Shakespeare didn't want to give up on his coaching. He felt he was needed out on that training pitch every day. Uh, but now he's got somebody to take the strain. So we're, we'll move forward. Now, I'm sure fans will be wanting to know what other uh, incomings are imminent at Leicester City. And there's no shortage of rumour uh, about... Um, Jordy, what you what you made the latest Johnny Evans rumours? Yeah, so as far as uh, we know, last week uh, a rejected bid of ten million pounds uh, emerged. That was around uh, the same time that uh, Leicester confirmed the signing of of Maguire from Hull. Um, 
it wasn't clear whether he was a, an alternative to Maguire or he was um, to be bought with Maguire. Um, but uh, that bid was rejected. West Brom seemed fairly sure that they were um, they wanted to keep hold of him. Then we've sort of heard reports that Leicester are still interested and that they they would make they may consider going back in for him. But then we've also heard that West Brom are planning to offer Evans a new contract, a a, a big a big money contract to keep him at the club because they see him as their their next captain now. Um, Darren Fletcher's left for Stoke, so um, yes, a. a a, a very good defender, um, and I think it, it wouldn't surprise me that uh, that Leicester are interested in him. But also, he he's very he's a very sort of West Brom sort of player, mm. um, so I, I can see that they would really really want to keep hold of him. Well, we know Leicester are still looking for another centre back after the, the uh, purchase of Maguire. Uh, they really want competition there because I mean, if you think about it, they were already one down last season. That's why they eventually brought Molawagai in. Uh, now they've released Vasilevsky. Well, guy's gone back as well. They were two short there, so um, they definitely want to get two. And the other one mentions is Chris Smalling at Man United. He's been linked. Um, I, I, there's going to be a lot of clubs interested in both those players, so it'll be a very competitive market. And I'm not convinced that Johnny Evans will leave West Bromwich Albion. I think he'll probably stay there. Chris Smalling. Uh, you know, having been Man United uh, uh, captain on occasions, he might be looking at um, a Champions League side. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. City are certainly uh, trying to bring in that second centre back. Um, the other players we've uh, we know they've been linked with um, Eldin Djokovic, the goalkeeper at Hull City. Were you a little bit surprised to see them linked with that that goal goalkeeper? Um... I'm not particularly surprised. No, I think there's there's clearly been uh, rumours about uh, Ron Robert Zeller's future, uh, and he's actually been fairly open in saying that he he was frustrated with his lack of game time at the club, um, and so I think if he was to leave, and I know he's been linked to to a lot of clubs in, in the Bundesliga, uh, I think Leicester would need a new number two to Schmeichel. And I think uh, Jakubovic is a it's proved himself to be a, a very solid goalkeeper uh, playing for Hull last season, um, and so no, I'm not not particularly surprised. I'm perhaps surprised that um, those reports of a of a bid, and I know there the, there was early reports that they were in advanced talks, but they've now been dismissed. Um, that they were surprising that because at the minute Leicester still do have three senior goalkeepers in Schmeichel, Zeller, and Hamer, um, so it seemed a bit uh, premature. I think there is an interest in uh, in the goalkeeper from Hull, but uh, I think it will all depend on what happens with Zeela. We understand there's several Bundesliga sides interested in him. It's whether a deal can be done. I, I don't think uh, City will be uh, wanting to risk having four senior goalkeepers. Ben Hamer's still there another year to go on his contract, although he's only played one game in the last two years. And be stuck with four senior goalkeepers, um, people getting unhappy. The interesting thing about Jakubovic is that... Um, He's got one year left on his contract, and he's got. But the club at Hull have got uh, a two-year option on it. So effectively, he's got a three-year contract if Hull decide to um, use those two years, uh, add them on as well. But he's not one of the biggest earners at Hull by a long, long way, and he's only just recently become a number one. He's been there five years. He's their longest-serving player, and uh, but it's only Alan McGregor's injury that gave him the chance to be a number one, and he did perform very, very well there. But he'd have to be under no illusions if he's coming to, to Leicester City to be a number one. Casper Schmeichel's going to take some shifting. And uh, 
and I, I don't think I can't say he'll, he'll have to accept he's going to be a number two again. So we'll see, we'll see what his thoughts are on that one. Um, but is there any other that the, the uh, transfer rumours that excite you, Jordan, as a Leicester City fan as well as a journalist? Um, I think uh, the one that uh, the fans have been a little bit excited about, I suppose, Kelechi Inacho from Manchester City is um, a name that's been linked, um, and sort of the excitement was ramped up late last week when all of a sudden the odds on Leicester signing him dropped quite dramatically. Um, we know that uh, West Ham have been linked for a long, long time. Uh, for since the beginning of May, and then Leicester's name popped up towards the uh, the end of May. Um, I think he would be an excellent signing. Um, uh, I think his his goals to uh, his goals per game ratio is really good. Um, he's clearly um, out of favour at Manchester City with with Aguero and Gabriel Jesus there, um, and I think he's you know. Given that he's only twenty and he's already got a, a fair bit of Premier League experience and he's proven himself in the Premier League, I think he would be a, a, a really good and a really exciting signing for the club. He's hot property, isn't he? Yes. And, and if news gets around that he is available, then there'll be no shortage of clubs coming in for him. And I'm, 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 well, I understand that Leicester are one of those that are very interested in weighing up per moves, but I think it's one of those slow burners. Uh, I believe he's got he's got a few issues in terms of his uh, representatives that have got to be sorted out, and uh, I can imagine there'll be ag- agents swarming all around him, uh, smelling the cash. Uh, so this might be a slow burner, perhaps um, bits one later in the summer. But uh, I think Leicester would hold a, um, an interest in a young striker like that, like a lot of clubs were. So it's going to be a very very competitive battle to to land him, as it would be. For Gilfie Sigurdsson, if he becomes available, it's a similar situation, I should imagine. Yes, uh, and I know Swansea are obviously extremely keen to to keep hold of him. Uh, Hugh Jenkins, the Swansea chairman, said um, recently that that Sigurdsson is is priceless uh, to Swansea, uh, and that's that's not surprising considering you know it, his performances last season and the the amount of assists he, he got to, to keep them out of trouble. Um, and so he would cost a lot, and I think um, Leicester would also, if they Leicester did make a move for him, they would have a lot of competition from Everton, who have been have been interested for a while, and obviously are, are looking for a potential replacement for Ross Barkley, who's not yet signed a new contract, and looks like he could be moving on. Um, so there would be there would be a lot of competition there, and to be honest, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's plenty of other clubs around the Premier League interested in him, because you know to be the Premier League have the third most assists in the Premier League, playing at a team like Swansea who, who struggled for such a long time, that that's um that's seriously impressive. Yeah, again, if if Leicester could pull off that one, that would be a, another massive coup. Um, you do feel, and um, we were talking before we start recording this podcast about um, last season's transfer window and. Uh, you know, if they when they had the lure of the Champions League, if they could have done something then, if these opportunities were around then, to to perhaps lure a, a player of Sigurdsson's quality, you know, they would have had a better chance. It would have strengthened their hand, wouldn't it? Um, but this season, uh, you know, it might, might be a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult to attract those sort of players who are going to be in huge demand. And I know the fans get a bit frustrated this time of year, don't they? Because they want to see lots of signings done early doors, but. It's never that simple, is it, to, to get deals done early in the summer? No, and I think um, it, it's, it was quite a nice surprise that they managed to sort out Maguire already. Um, I don't, we don't often see Leicester make many signings early in the summer, mainly because this is the period when the players are on holiday. Um, yeah. This is their, their one month off in the year, um, so they, they do go away. And then 
things don't really start to pick up until until pre-season begins in July and perhaps players consider their options and think all and they consider where they are in the pecking order at their at their current clubs. Um so yes it is it is frustrating because there's a there's a lack of football in general there's, there's not much on the not much football on the telly there's no games to go to uh, and if there's a lack of transfer activity as well it gets a bit frustrating but there's only a, a few weeks to wait and um that we're back in pre-season I think we should then see things start to move a, a little bit more quickly and it's also a bit of uh, gamesmanship around, around the clubs because they're competing on the pitch during the season off the pitch they're competing for the same players and uh, you know so there's a lot of um negotiating to be done it's like a dominoes effect a lot of the time. Some deals have to be done, like we've just discussed with Zila and uh, Djokovic. Uh, certain deals have to be done before other deals can get done. And a lot of people are on holiday. So it did, does, I can understand fan, fans' frustrations, but it is a difficult time of the year to get these deals done. And I think we'll see more deals getting done July, going into August and moving towards that deadline. But one thing City don't want is to still be needing players going into that transfer deadline day. Uh, in the end of August, I think they really want to get their business done earlier than that. And ideally, they'd like to get their, their, all their business done before the season starts. But uh, that might not be the case. I think they might have to play a waiting game. Yeah, I think that you know that is usually the case. I think um, selling clubs often wait towards the end of the window because they they they're holding out for as big an offer as possible. Um, and they want to get somebody in before they sell. As yes, well. exactly. Um, so it's it's not a surprise that the these things do go to the wire. So often we saw last summer with Slimani, uh, although that that deal didn't really appear until the final few days of the window, um, it did go right down to the wire as sort of City and, and Sporting Lisbon um, negotiated a fee. Um, so yes, I think there will be some deals, prob- most likely at Leicester, most likely at every club in the Premier League, that do go to, to the final few days um, of the window. That's all for this uh, this podcast, Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Join us again next time. Uh, we'll be discussing more of the uh, the events at the King Power Stadium. Plus, as well, if you could check on the Mercury website and our Facebook page for all the news and all the transfer rumours around Leicester City. See us again next time.